Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Jackal Protocol updates an AMA space, hosted by Dr. Doscoin with Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. All right, you've got Dr. Doscoin coming at you from the Orbital Command account today. Just a quick debrief on how the next hour is going to unfold. We're going to be having a chat with the team at Jackal, Jackal Protocol. Um, that is going to be Patrick. We may actually have some other people on the team too joining us. We'll find out shortly once we get Patrick up. Uh, but over the course of the next hour, our aim is to inform you of everything you need to know about Jackal, Jackal Down, Jackal Labs, everything they're working on. Um, and of course, all spaces are recorded by terraspaces.org. Fun fact you can also uh, check out Terraspaces on Spotify uh, if you don't have access to a browser. So with that being said, I'm going to bring up Patrick uh, and just bear with me a moment as we start letting this room fill up. And as I'm bringing up Patrick, uh, as per usual, this is a t- one of two Twitter spaces per week hosted by OC. If you enjoy the space, I do encourage you to share it and help spread the message. And there is always uh, an option to delegate to OC as well if you enjoy what we do and the in- educational content that we put out. Patrick, can you hear me there, sir? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, mate. My man, how are you going? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's bear market building right now is, is pretty much what it seems like around uh, around the entire Cosmos ecosystem. How are you doing? I'm, I'm in high spirits. I'm in, uh, I'm in very high spirits despite the quietness of the market. I think that, um, you know, it's a slow burn. I don't, I'm not expecting anything drastic to change anytime soon particularly with, you know, I guess the overall macro and all the debacles that have happened this year with all the hacks and collapses and whatnot. I, I think that uh, it's not a matter of uh, if, it is when crypto will survive and thrive, but I just don't think it being in the, think it's in the immediate future. But with that being said, I am in high spirits. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, for, from our, our point of view, the way that we look at the entire ecosystem as, as, a, as a company is, we we kind of make money the the uh, the boring way, right? It's, it's we we like protocols that are really low level infrastructure. Uh, we like to to build things that that are very simple economic protocols. So we're we're happy to be building, and we kind of have a little bit of a clarity now as well. Where I, I think we we over the the last few months we've gotten had the 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 luxury of getting a lot of bad actors out of the ecosystems and and start to clear the way for. Um, really the ability for us to integrate with all kinds of different things that uh, build cool products. If you, if you kind of remember like the history of the dot-com bubble, it's after the, the dot-com bubble burst right afterwards, you kind of noticed all the different corporations and companies started tinkering again. And I think we're at that stage of, of tinkering where we're going to try to figure out what uh, we can do with this technology. And uh, we're, we're just proud to be able to build all kinds of cool stuff by uh, using peer-to-peer networks, encryption, ledger technology, and, and start to really, really build up for, uh, for what we're going to be releasing really soon. Certainly. And I tend to agree. I think a lot of people uh, back when the 2017-2018, uh, was it January 2018, I believe, when that bear market struck, uh, people were calling it, that was the, the 2001, you know, the 2000-2001 point for crypto. And I'm like, I think, I actually think now is. Um, but anyway, that's, you know, that's just an opinion, but we'll see what happens. I think there's going to be plenty. Well, there is. There's plenty of people that are going to be building um, and all the big names are starting to try and get their, their fingers in the pie too. I saw some things. The, was it JP Morgan the other day? All the, bank, all the big banks are trying to get in on it now. So it's just it's just a matter of time. But just a quick question. Is there anyone else that I need to bring up other than yourself today, Patrick? 
Uh, right now, it's just me. My, my guys are, are all working really, really hard right now to, to try to get everything on mainnet as soon as possible. So uh, I think it's going to be just me for now. If anyone comes, um, I'll, I'll let you know if there's anyone else. The the Jackal account is, is just for for um, other people to have visibility that we're going to be on this. But yeah, no, it's just me right now. Fantastic. And what we'll do is I'll sort of we'll cover a few different bases today. Um, the first sort of half an hour, I'll sort of just do a bit of a Q and A with you. Then we'll open up the floor. Anyone that has some questions as the uh, conversation unfolds is most welcome to uh, jump up and have a conversation and ask those questions. We want to make sure that people leave today feeling more educated and informed than when they first got here. Uh, we will end this exactly on the hour. So we've got 55 minutes of great content coming up. Let's start it off just with the simple things, Patrick. Quick, uh, quick TLDR. Who are you? Uh, how did you get started? What is Jackal? Yeah, so uh, let's, let's start with what is Jackal, and then we'll go through the team and how we got here. So, uh, what Jackal is? It, it's a it's the only proof of stake storage network right now in Web three, and and why that's important is right now when you look at the Web three um, storage landscape, you, you don't see a lot of speed. You lot of, see a lot of great products for archiving. You see a lot of great products for interoperability, whether that be IPFS for discovery layers. But what you don't see is, is high security postures, high privacy postures, and, and the speed that you're used to when you're working with legacy systems. Um, so what we chose to do is, is we chose to build in the space because they're leveraging decentralized infrastructure. Uh, we think it'll ultimately replace the current cloud storage services that are out there. And the reason that is, is right now there's, 10x increases in specific areas relating to data storage, whether that's data integrity for file version controls and controlling who has what and having that all logged on chain with encryption technology to high security, where you can remove attack vectors like usernames, passwords, emails by just leveraging the wallet tech that we're that we're used to right now uh, for right now for cryptocurrency, but we feel that we can also leverage it for ownership of all digital files. Um, cost, right? It's another big thing. Storage is ex extremely expensive in the cloud storage environment. Integrations, availability, and the ability to be permissionless and have um, two intermediaries share files between one another without centralized choke points of failure where you have downtime and you have um, hacks and stuff like that, where the only security vulnerability is the end user. And uh, that's something we don't get because right now the attack vectors are the user and device, the email, phone number, passwords, the service providers like the Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and also also the secondary data market. And we can kind of get into what that is later down the line. But that's what Jackal is. It's If you want to think about it this way, and the, the product that's going to be coming to market first is kind of like a decentralized Dropbox, where for the first time ever, you can own your own files in a storage environment where Jackal can't see your stuff. That's kind of, uh, if, if you want to, I kind of rambled there for a little bit, but do you have any questions from that? That's a, I think that was a really great way of just summarizing it then there. It's basically a summer, uh, sorry, a decentralized Dropbox. Um, and so before we get into sort of the, I guess the technicals and the how exactly it works and the rest of it, um, what about your team and yourself? What's the, what's going on at Jackal? How many of you are there? Uh, sort of what are the backgrounds experience and uh, everything else yeah. that is relevant for people to know? For sure. So, so myself and my co-founder, we started last November and um, our background is we worked in digital forensics and investigations for law firms, corporations and uh, governments, actually, where we were working on. We learned about cryptocurrency that way, actually, where we were tracking cybercrime and things like that. Um, what we were trying to build early days was actually an e-discovery tool. And what an e-discovery tool is, it's a, it's a way that you manage digital evidence for court. And we thought that blockchain technology is great for that because uh, it keeps really, really great tabs of who has access to what information. And by leveraging the ledger tech, we could integrate that with files that um, we want to make sure we have really high security postures around. Um, we realized that when building this technology, the, the storage layer uh, was lacking because uh, in, in a situation like that, you can't use uh, Google or Amazon or, AW, uh, or um, Microsoft Azure because a third party has access to that data. So what we chose to do is we looked at decentralized data storage solutions. A lot of it was for archiving, so something that wasn't quick enough for court use. And uh, we thought, I guess, if, if it hasn't really been built yet for, for the use case that we need with a high security posture, we should probably go and build it, was the idea there. So that's kind of myself and my co-founder's background is we worked for this company called Inquisitive Intel in Canada, 
where we, we kind of got into the space. Um, since then, we, we got a grant originally from the Filecoin Foundation, actually, and we got a grant from the Secret Network, and we started building, leveraging both of those, um, those tech stacks. Uh, we've moved away from both of them since, but um, we, we had a great experience with, with those people at those times. Since we, we started last November, we've scaled where we have nine developers right now. And then it's also myself doing business development, and we have Will, who's in marketing. We also have a system administrator, and we have a few co-op students as well. So we've scaled up to, I think it's almost 14 people now, um, working full-time on this project. Fantastic. That's some quick growth. I saw, uh, I was looking through your past Medium articles earlier on, and it was only early, uh, what was it, February this year when you were putting out, I think February, March, maybe even April when you were putting out your first Medium article describing the growth that was taking place at that point in time. And of course, uh, it's been a very interesting year. So the fact that it's continued growing uh, is a testament to what you are doing. With regards to the uh, why, why is why is this important? Why is what's the pain point here? What, what do we need uh, a jackal protocol in the world for? Yeah, um, I think a, a really big big reason why we would need jackal is, is the same reason why we do need cryptocurrency, right? Um, the the beauty of, of the protocol is you remove centralized choke points of failure. Um, it has better technology in the ways of integrations, easy to integrate where anyone can permissionlessly use it. Um, you can also have smart contracts use it permissionlessly. Availability is another big reason where you don't have downtime because we have a distributed peer-to-peer -peer network, um, much like a peer-to-peer uh, -peer network for mining cryptocurrency. Um, or state, uh, validators is another good example right now because we're a proof-of-stake blockchain as well. Um, other thing, cost. It's It's about three to four X cheaper than legacy systems and it has a higher security posture. So the important thing that we think is a very, very important primitive when you, we want to be more and more involved online as we our lives have slowly uh, gotten more and more integrated with our devices and more and more integrated with the internet. Uh, we think that the concept of having ownership is very, very important. Right now, when you store data in a cloud environment, you don't own that data anymore. And that's something that's not very healthy for, for a society. And, and the reason we think that is, is dangerous because your data is sold. Um, there's about 14, uh, sorry, 4 billion compromised credentials out there where um, companies, if you look in the, on the news pretty much any day, you can Google cybersecurity breaches. Um, and the, the dangers of that is leveraging Attack vectors such as email, password, and, and phone numbers for your entire digital life is super dangerous because those aren't very secure things to begin with. And, and when, when I say that is, if, if you go on a website such as like haveibeenpwned.com is a good one, or there's also Dhash, which is another uh, use case, you can, you can actually look at all the different breach credentials associated with your life. And we're starting to get into the technicalities of, of cybersecurity. But from, from a cybersecurity standpoint, number one, um, from a trust standpoint by being open source and knowing how your data is being used. And number two is, is another big reason why we believe Jackal protocol is important. And number three is ownership. Jackal is the only cloud storage environment right now where the team that built it can't access your stuff. Where only the end user with their private key can manage and access their data. And, um, and, and from from that side of things is, is the big reason why we think it's super important. And another another thing, can you can you hear me? Okay. Sorry, I was I was having a chat then, didn't realize I was on mute. Um, <laughs> I, I was just saying to everyone that. Uh, oh, actually, do you want to finish that point? Yeah. Well, the only other thing, as I was saying, is if we're going to progress this quickly into the digital age, where we're we're starting to see brain interfaces, and we're starting to see some pretty crazy things that are coming out. We think cybersecurity should progress alongside that. And that's kind of a big reason why, why we're building this, if we want to wrap it up in kind of a, a smooth way that way. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the, the point I was making was just sort of highlighting the benefits. So one of the things, uh, the benefits of Jackal is that, you know, you eliminate attack vectors like usernames, passwords, or phone numbers, which you mentioned. Uh, obviously, people can check out sites like haveibeenpwned.com. If you've never done that, that's worth a look. Uh, almost guaranteed you will have had some data breach at some point and your passwords would have been exposed. Um, and on top of that, you know, you get to own your files the same way that you own crypto. And I think a lot of people have got their head around NFTs 
you know, I'd, I'd imagine many of the types of people that frequent the Cosmos space would have a uh, their head around NFTs at least. I can see lots of PFPs in the profile, so that would be yes. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the end-to-end encryption for trustless data storage. So we know what Jackal uh, Jackal protocol is at this point. What are, can you talk us through some of the features? As, as far as I can tell, you've got about seven key features. Can you talk us through some of them and and uh, and how they work? Yeah. Um, so the way that the beauty of, of Jackal and we decided to build in Cosmos for this reason is we have the ability to actually have granular control over the blockchain and the protocol. And uh, when when I say that, it gives us the flexibility to build some really cool things. Um, in, in what makes Cosmos different than a lot of other blockchains, like Osmosis, for example, Osmosis is a decentralized exchange built into a blockchain rather than a decentralized exchange sitting on top of another blockchain. And I, it's kind of a crazy thing to wrap your head around. But the cool thing about Jackal is, is we can actually build things into the blockchain, which gives us a little bit of a speed boost. It also gives us the ability for us to um, have everything unified into the protocol to provide a better user experience. And, and when I say that, the things that Jackal can do, you can host websites on Jackal. Um, you could store data on Jackal. We built a name service and put that in the blockchain um, so that you can send files to human-readable names instead of the long wallet addresses, kind of like email. Um, you can send and share files. Uh, you, we, we also built an e-signature um, e platform we call DSIG. And that's the ability for people to turn files into forms and send those for signature. Um, it's great for security backups. Uh, you can, we have a, an, an exchange that's coming, but not for the reason that we want to compete with other exchanges, but it's so we can have paywalls in front of data and have local prices for data rather than using oracles. Other cool thing is, is we have smart contracts for if you want to build something on Jackal that isn't already built for you. Um, you can just come and permissionlessly do that, or you can build uh, plugins for existing apps or completely new apps themselves. So those are kind of the things that Jackal can do. It, it's a blockchain that's for purpose built for the use case of data storage. And a lot of uh, blockchains that we're seeing right now are purpose built for finance. And, and that's kind of why we want to take this approach where we want to position the entire protocol and, and all the different elements of the, the modules in that protocol for the use case of data storage rather than finance. Great. The, the logical question for me that uh, comes next is if it's built uh, with the primary purpose being data storage, what was the calling to work on uh, your AMM, your Jackal DEX? Jackal yeah. Swap. Yeah, so so Jackal Swap, and, and I touched on that a little bit earlier, but what, what Jackal Swap is, it, it's a DEX, so you can swap tokens and, and that's all great. But the reason why we would want to build a DEX is there's enough DEXs, so I don't think we need to build another DEX. But the reason is, is that we are cybersecurity nerds. <laughs> and with that, um, we see oracles as sometimes can be an attack vector for a protocol. And for us to have paywalls in front of data, so you can actually, uh, if, if I want to be an individual that I provide a service on Jackal, whether it's, uh, let's say I, I, I make digital art and I want to sell my digital art, kind of like an NFT marketplace, I guess. but. And I want to have a paywall in front of that digital art. My options are that I could take a fixed amount of token, and that's something that we see in a lot of places. Or I can fix it to a US dollar amount, or I can fix it to a certain amount of atom, but I can accept multiple different currencies. So what the benefit of a DAX gives us is the ability to have local prices in the blockchain without the need to leverage an oracle that could screw up and then it could hurt the entire protocol or could bypass the paywall where someone can get um let's say someone can get a million dollar item for five dollars if the oracle screws up does that make any sense i i can unpack that a little bit more as well yeah sure feel free to unpack it a little more yeah so right now we see things like Chainlink, and we see oracle services and they're really important for a lot of things whether it's uh um, derivative markets or, or um, lending platforms and, and all kinds of stuff, like, or betting, if you want to have a, a betting platform on chain, or you want to have a, a prediction marketplace on chain, or you want to have an NFT marketplace on chain that has uh, the ability to interface with data from the outside world. Um, those are, are great for all kinds of use cases, but what we thought was a good idea so that we take another attack vector being the communication between the Oracle with the protocol 
out of the picture by actually putting the local prices into the protocol. And, and um, what, what that really does for us is, is it gives us the ability to have um, marketplaces in, in the chain with local prices rather than Oracle prices. Got it. Roger that. Big 10 for um, Okay, so we've got Jackal Swap. We've got the Retriever Name Service, which uh, lets people take their long uh, gibberish wallets and make it something concise like uh, drdicecoin.jkl. Um Obviously, Wasm, making it easy for people to build. I uh, continue building on top of what has been created by Jackal. Can we speak on that a little bit? Do we have, obviously, you've had testers, you've had people uh, involved with Jackal for a while. Are you already hearing whispers of things that are potentially, you know, modules that are being built on top? Um, and, and what are some sort of, theoretically, what, what are some things that could be built on top of an already existing Jackal? Yeah, so so you can build pretty much anything on Jackal because it's it's the the wads and modules, anything that you can use smart contracts with, which is super cool. Um, but we've we've seen some other or other people um, reach out to us specifically. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I think Justin from Serenity Shield is, is in the uh, in the chat here as well, uh, where they've reached out to us and they they've kind of flirted with the idea of launching their protocol on Jackal or integrating Jackal with their protocol. Um, a lot of oracles, ironically, have, have also been interested in using Jackal. Um, we, we've spoken with a few of those guys um, because they, they want a, a cheaper and more decentralized solution. Um, we've also been speaking with the NFT marketplaces, but people that are specifically building on Jackal. Uh, we've also been talking with people using genomic data um, for really big data sets for scientific use cases. And there's a there's Akabus, I think, is the, the, the name of that company that has reached out to us. So there's all kinds of people that have, have reached out to us so far. But only recently do we have file tree and storage on testnet. And uh, we, we, we had a little bit of a, of, a, of a bumpy start to get to this point. And uh, reason being is, is we, we just wanted to make sure that the protocol was safe. And it's a really big. Um, it's, it's a pretty, pretty intense amount of code that's going onto the network. So what we wanted to do is kind of do a code review, make sure everything's safe. Luckily, everything was safe, so we're back up and running. Um, so it, right now, everything's going to testnet. And in about a week or so, we'll have storage and, uh, and file tree onto mainnet. And then from there, we can launch the dashboard so people can start to access it as well. Fantastic. Very exciting. Yes, I believe... Uh... I was reading before, it's looking like it's going to be two and a half weeks. So you reckon a week to two weeks, my net? Yeah, yeah so uh, probably by late tomorrow, we'll have file tree and storage both on testnet. Both of these modules have to go to mainnet together, uh, which, which is uh, super important for the dashboards functionality. Um, so once we get that on tomorrow, then we have five days of governance because we have to go to, to governance on the chain for people to vote on whether or not they want file tree and storage. Um, hopefully they do. <laughs> now, I, would, I would expect people to want something like that on the chain. So from there, five days, and then we do the upgrade, and then we online the dashboard, which will also be the same time that you're able to get your secret network airdrop, which is another um, thing that we can speak about as well. Sure, please do. Yeah. Um, so right now, we have secret network uh, airdrop where we, we took a snapshot, and, and we had a, an, an issue with our original snapshot, but we had issues getting a node up and running to take an additional snapshot. So um, it took us a little bit, but luckily we were able to get the data that we need. And uh, very shortly, as soon as we launched the dashboard, because now we had to create a claim function as well. Um, from there, that will come online with the Jackal storage dashboard, and then you can claim your airdrop from there. So that's kind of when that's going to be coming out as soon as the dashboard's up and running. Wonderful. Um, just circling back for a second on the challenges front, you said there have been some challenges and you briefly touched on something uh, that happened early this month and said that obviously you've looked at the code and it all been sorted out. Just for uh, clarity for anyone that may not have known the finer details, can you just give sort of a TLDR 30 second to one minute debrief on what specifically was happening there? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, when, when we first launched the chain, um, we took about a 700,000 line code base and we just put it on mainnet. And um, it's a lot of code to go through. And um, when our validators who um, should be treated as a board of directors and they should have time to review code and they should have time to um, make sure that everything's safe and secure for um, their liability and the their, their job to protect users, right? Um, when we went and we pushed everything to mainnet, one of the validators um, believed that the protocol was dangerous 
and we had a very serious security vulnerability. Um, so when we hear things like this, uh, we first and foremost, security is most important. So we willingly uh, encourage our validators to stop the chain. And uh, the reason why is so we could have a code review and make sure that these claims um, either are correct or incorrect. Um, the, the, the claims were correct, but the severity of the vulnerability was incorrect. So it's kind of a little bit of both. And um, that's kind of why we stopped it. Uh, we, we took the benefit of having the chain down to actually ship a few more upgrades. So it took us a little bit back to get on mainnet again. But from there, uh, that's kind of what happened. It was the, if we want to get into the technicalities of what occurred, is they believe that MD5 was, which is a um, encryption algorithm uh, that was actually built by, by one of our co-op students slipped into the production. But the, the thing about MD5 and the use case for MD5 is the worst case thing that could happen with a vulnerability like that is it could block someone from using Jackal sign. So the worst case scenario, you just have something that's really annoying that's happening where some goofy hacker is like stopping you from sending a file. Um, so that was kind of an annoying bug that could have been fixed on the fly. But uh, we, we, it, was, it was claimed that the, the uh, vulnerabilities were a little bit more dangerous than that. So uh, we, we willingly um, stopped the chain to make sure that everything was safe. Um, the other claim was that there was exposed validator private keys. Um, that was something that was not, not true as, as well. Um, and, and the reason associated with that is they're mixing up validators and storage providers. And this kind of gets into the, what is the, the blockchain itself and, and what are the things that we do. Um, Jackal is different from other Cosmos blockchains. And um, in the way that we have validators and storage providers. So we have two different computers doing two different jobs. One is built for validating and consensus and being speedy like that. And the other is built for storing stuff. Um, everything on Jack is end-to-end -end encrypted. So they're storing encrypted files that they can't access unless they have a breakthrough in computing. And uh, the, the storage providers, um, we have a, a system where for you to be able to share files, you take the private key of one user and you sign a, a transaction or it's just kind of like a, a little message basically. So it's, it's not a transaction with the public key of another user to share a file with that user. And um, the, the validator didn't have enough time to, to do an in-depth code review before um, pulling the fire alarm. And uh, unfortunately we, um, we would have to go down for that because if his claims were true, that's a really dangerous thing. So we'd rather be safe than sorry. Got it. And just regarding the, uh, when you're talking about the storage providers there, uh, being able to sign with the other's public keys, uh, DSIG is the infrastructure behind Jackal Sign. Uh, and of course, users sign documents and collect signatures for agreements. Are there other uh, situations where um, DSIG would be used? Is it uh, is that specifically for storage providers and validators, or is that also for general users? Yeah, so so DSIG is only for users actually. Um, so it's ability for you to have um, a user approve, deny, or abstain to a document, and that's the ability to have kind of like an Adobe sign or a DocuSign on chain. Um, the way that we do signatures relating to approving transactions that's managed by um, the, the protocol itself, um, where we have something called File Tree. Uh, which is another very important module and that kind of manages who has access to what files on the system and, and that uh, file tree is uh, super important and storage is kind of the the module that manages all the storage providers and the data that they're able to store and uh, they kind of make sure that your data is always there and we have 3x redundancy of um, of file storage so every file that you have on we have three copies and we use something called the jackal proof of persistence protocol to make sure that's all good so we have storage module which makes sure that your files are properly being stored file tree module that makes sure that all of your permissions around your files are secure so you really have granular control over who has access to your files um, dsig is is a, a signature platform just kind of for like an adobe sign on chain um, and then we have the AMM module, which is, is for a DEX. Uh, we also have the Mint module that, that creates tokens to, um, to have the inflation with the protocol. And we're an inflationary token for a number of different reasons. But um, yeah, that's kind of all the, the different things that the protocol can do. 
Fantastic. Thank you for clearing that up for me. I just noticed a second ago that we had uh, a request from Joseph uh, to speak. I'm just going to re-invite Joseph uh, and just say that the floor is yours. And this is an invitation. Now, we're arriving kind of at the halfway point of the call today. And so if you're finding it interesting and you are, you've got some questions of your own that you want to ask, uh, you're certainly most welcome. We'll start off with Joseph and see if Joseph is still keen to ask a question or perhaps it was already answered as Patrick was talking there. But again, if you are listening and you have a question, just put your hand up and I'll uh, do my best to bring you up. While we're waiting for any potential questions there, Pat, um, we've talked about challenges. We've talked about uh, the product itself. What are, like, what are your goals when you zoom out and you see, let, let's just sort of say one year to three years from now, what do you see for Jackal Protocol specifically? And, and how do you... Mm, what would you hope to see in the space overall? Yeah, um, in, in the space overall, the the thing that we're hoping for in, in the near future is is for decentralized protocols to become decentralized at the storage layer. And this is something that that um, people have kind of been able to get away with using IPFS, which is a which is it's a great protocol and it does it's a cool discovery layer, but it's not a storage protocol and it's kind of um, people display ipfs as this um, decentralized storage when it's actually decentralized discovery so what that means is you kind of just have a you have a centralized server that you pin files to and uh, that is discoverable by other computers on the internet so we believe that the storage layer should be decentralized where if, even if they're not using ipfs which is kind of like the bare minimum to kind of get a little bit more decentralized a lot of people are just using aws or google or amazon um, or Microsoft Azure, Alibaba Cloud is another one that's uh, sometimes used. So we would like to see the, the storage layer um, get more decentralized. And that's kind of a, a big thing that we, from a holistic approach to uh, decentralization and, and the, the importance of that. When you take another step back um, for the protocol itself, we, we aim to be, um, uh, we, we aim to be a, a top 100 token. And, and we want to get to that place. The only way that we do that is the commodity that is the Jackal token um, is correlated with our ability to get unique terabytes on the platform. So we want to get as many terabytes on Jackal protocol as possible so that we can um, start to build a really, really healthy ecosystem and then a healthy economy around uh, the decentralized protocol that is Jackal. Um, outside of that, uh, we also, we, we believe that Web3 adoption happens in the office. And when I say that is, is we are, we, we believe that if you look back through the, the history of, of um, technology and computers and stuff like that, almost all of mass adoption happens in the workplace. And then you think something's cool, so you want to get it at home. And, and we think that's also true with decentralized finance and also with other decentralized infrastructure protocols like ourselves. So we want to also really focus on the web 2.5 bridge where we want to um, provide cybersecurity backups, uh, storage backups, the ability to have secure transfer data for, for both um, enterprise and, and military use cases as well. And, and really start to show the benefits of using ledger technology like this in, in, a, um, in a web 2 environment as well. What I was uh, just thinking, just regarding what you're talking about, uh, being the 2.5 bridge uh, and, you know, providing sort of enterprise services, I was just thinking how that would tie into value accrual of the token itself. Um, if you're providing, you know, cybersecurity and different services for business, um, are there some things that could be implemented on your end that would, you know, effectively make it so that the token accrues value the more businesses work with your cybersecurity cyber security solutions? Yeah, so the, the, the goal of us as, as a development entity and also as, as the protocol as a whole at this point is we just want to combine industry-leading privacy and security technology with a great user experience um, to actually be competitive with other products like a Google Drive or a Dropbox. Um, for both individuals and businesses alike. So when we we go to to have unique terabytes on the system, there's different ways that we can onboard people. And every single different way that we do onboard people always accrues value to the token because at the protocol level, it costs $8 a month per terabyte of data storage. 
So we, we can't get around that fact. Um, if people want to white label Jackal and take Visa and centralize or have a custodial solution to still leverage the security posture of, of Jackal, um, what, what happens at the end of the day is you still have to, for the protocol, it's, it's all on-chain, it's all open source, you still have to pay $8 a month per terabyte. So even when we're onboarding people and when we're taking visa, or we're taking wire transfer or check, we're, we're just, what we're doing that way is we're just centralizing an on-ramp basically and, and, and giving that ability for them to access a decentralized protocol. Um, you can always use Jackal from a decentralized side of things where we have our dashboard and we have our decentralized GUI. Um, but we also want to not be naive to the fact that onboarding and user experience is a very difficult thing in Web3. And we, the the big choke point of that is, is is the wallet itself. So we're really focusing on on building better wallet technology first and foremost, and also creating a product leveraging decentralized applications and leveraging decentralized protocols, but having a user experience where people don't even realize that it is blockchain technology. And we think that's really important for mass adoption, where we want a really great user experience at the end of the day. But uh, regardless, all the value would always accrue to the the protocol. And um, they would have to, if, if we took, um, if someone wanted to pay in Canadian dollars, I'm in Canada, by the way, they want to pay Canadian dollars to use a white labeled version of Jackal, the white labeler would have to then go and, and pay with Jackal tokens to use the system or pay in USDC, which then in turn would just buy back Jackal on the back end. Got it. Makes sense. Um a question I did have is around the just the uptake of it. Because um, when I think back, so I'm just sort of I'm casting my memory back a few years here. But I remember when I first started hearing about sort of decentralized, uh, you know, cloud storage type solutions, and there were things like uh, Storage, there was uh, Sia, there was uh, what, what came before that was Filecoin, um, which I'm pretty sure yeah, you guys yeah, got a yeah. yeah. So what is it what is it that you think has prevented past um, past performers to not get the uptake? Um, is it that it's not like I feel like it's personally, I just feel like it's not a sexy thing when it comes to crypto. You know, people are looking for like, oh cool, what's the next monkey JPEG? But it's it's just like it's security. It's not sexy. And so I'm wondering if there's more to it than just that. Um, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So let, let, let's look at the the entire um, landscape here. And, and the reason why we think Jackal is competitive and we think it's uh, it, it's almost a 10x from other providers. Um, so start with IPFS. Um, it's, it's, the, it's a discovery layer. It's not a storage layer. Uh, they have no encryption. They don't have redundancy. They're not a blockchain. And um, that, that's what that is. Storage, on the other hand, they're not a blockchain. Uh, they use sharding, which is cool. Um, but uh, they have a little bit of encryption, but it's a centralized storage provider that uses kind of like a peer-to-peer -peer network. And all they have is kind of a token where there's no on-chain permissions. There's no really decentralization there. Filecoin, most decentralized of all, out of all of them, but it's also the slowest one. So um, it takes, Filecoin's great for archiving solutions, um, but it can take up to 24 hours to get your files back. So it, it's, it's kind of great for library archives or storage that you want to put away for a long time and not access. Um, proof of work blockchain, uh, 30 second block time. AR Weave, again, great for archiving, great for cold storage. You get data storage permanence, but it's hard to scale unless you have all the data ready to go in, in, in one go. Also, proof of work, 30 second block time, one times redundancy, uh, about $6 per transaction. Um, then let, let's drop down to Saya. Um, another great proof of work again, 30 second to 30 minute block time, sharding, um, three fish encryption that isn't really that great. Um, so what you want to look at, what makes Jackal different from every other protocol right now on market? Um, look, security and encryption side of things um, and permissions and sharing, having that all on chain light years ahead. If you want to look at file redundancy, um, we have three times file redundancy, which is something that you don't get with other storage providers. We're the only proof of stake blockchain with data storage. Everything else is either proof of work or they don't use blockchain at all. Um, six second block time compared to 30 seconds or 30 minute block time. The other thing that makes Jackal different is we took a, a, an approach where we didn't want Jackal to be a marketplace. 
And when I say that is um, Filecoin's a marketplace, Sai is a marketplace, ARWeave is kind of a marketplace with dynamic pricing. But we believe that the reason, let's look back in history again, where Amazon's better than eBay because no one wants to bid on pencils or post-it notes. You just kind of want to point click and have um, informed business decisions moving forward where you don't have to deal with dynamic pricing of things. So what we chose to do is we we did a bunch of economic research to figure out how much does storage cost to provide? And can we make storage providers profitable and what would that price be? So we determined that at $8 a month per terabyte, we can make it profitable to be a storage provider um, so that the, the deals aren't happening between the user and the storage providers, happening between the protocol and the storage provider. So what this does in, in a really long roundabout way of explaining this is we provide a really awesome user experience where you don't have to manage your deals or worry that your storage is going to drop off and have another copy of redundancy somewhere else in case a marketplace deal goes wrong or that, that deal breaks. So end of the day, what makes Jackal better is proof of stake, which is something that's not offered, higher redundancy, the only on-chain permissions and sharing, end-to-end -end encryption, and then we're fixed the price of storage, which is three to four X cheaper than everyone else. If you want to use a, um, a pinata, for example, that's like an IPFS pinning, we're looking at $400 a month per terabyte. Um, Infura is about $150 a month per terabyte. We're able to provide it at $8 a month per terabyte by just really focusing on the technology side of things. Yeah, that's a significant difference in price there. Um, and just so that everyone's on the same page too, when you say, can you describe uh, for those who may not be aware what the three times redundancy uh, would be, what it is? Yeah. Um, so redundancy is important, right? So um, the way that Jackal works is we had validators and we have storage providers. We kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. But the storage providers store data, uh, encrypted data, so you can't really like access it or look at anything. You just have parking space, basically, that you lease out to the protocol to use. So if I have this really important document and I say, okay, I want to um, store it on Jackal so I can share it with another user, what happens is the protocol will take that file and then they will copy it for three times redundancy. So there's three copies at any given moment on the protocol. We built something called proof of persistence where we ensure that the protocol will always have three times redundancy um, for your file. And the way that this is done is the every single, I think it's five blocks, the storage provider submits a proof that it has the file. So pretty much throughout the entire time of the storage provider storing the file, they submit proofs that they continuously store it. In the event that a storage provider mix, misses, let's say, uh, X amount of blocks, let's say it's uh, 15 blocks, for example, at that moment, that contract would break between the storage provider and the protocol to store that data. And then what would happen is the new storage provider would grab that contract, rebind it, and then copy it off of the other two forms of redundancy to bring us back up to three. So we ensure that the data is always, always there using this um, kind of persistent proof system, basically. That's why we call it proof of persistence. That's fantastic. And so, and you created the proof of, like this is a, 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 a term coined by yourself, proof of persistence? Yeah, we, we coined it a little bit. Um, we're building on some other, a, a little bit of other technology. It, it's Jackal's kind of like a, uh, an interesting cross between IPFS, Filecoin, a little bit of SIA, plus um, just having a proof of stake blockchain. So the persistence protocol is, is something that hasn't really existed in, in this current form. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a term that we coined and, and Marston was the individual that, that built out the proof of persistence protocol for us. Fantastic. And, and for anyone that may be sitting here listening and going, well, could I be a storage provider? What would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what we're going to be doing right now, so as soon as storage and file tree gets on the mainnet, um, people can spin up storage providers and hook them into the system. And what that means is for all the data that you store, um, you're going to get percentage of the block rewards relative to what percentage of data that you store on your machine. So um, it's in the early days, it'll be super profitable to do so. Um, you could probably get away with like an old gaming computer hooked into the network or an old laptop, maybe even hooked into the network. But as the network continues to grow, you're probably going to have to reinvest back into your hardware to uh, still be competitive uh, in the future. But yeah, uh, pretty much you get to show up. Uh, you 
open a port on your computer, you provide storage to the network, and then in turn, if someone stores on your device, uh, you get incentivized to do so. And with the data that's being distributed between the uh, storage providers, is it distributed uh, completely evenly, or is it something that would incentivize more data to be stored in one place than another? Yeah, so it's, it's distributed pretty evenly in the sense that um, pretty much what happens is, is the deal goes up and then the computers go to grab it. Um, obviously, we need to make sure that this is safe in the long run. So we're going to be watching really carefully at launch um, to ensure that we make sure that not all three copies are in the same data center, for example, with the same IP address um, or, or something along those lines. So it, it's what we're what we're doing here is there's kind of like this pseudo scoring system. And then we're going to kind of break into a tiered system where we have like full storage, uh, lukewarm storage and hot storage. But that kind of happens a little bit more down the line. But at the end of the day, uh, what happens is these, your files will be distributed. Um, no two copies can be on the same machine at a given moment. Um, so right now we, we have pretty, pretty good redundancy at, uh, from that standpoint. And as we continue to grow as a protocol, we're probably going to have a region specific as well. So if you want all your data stored in a specific region for a reason, whether that's legislation or something along those lines, we're going to be offering that down the line. So um, yeah, it's, it's always going to be a work in progress of making sure that we can maintain this really high level of, of decentralization. And that's something that we're focused on continuing to do. Oh, that's interesting. So in future, it'll become, you can select the regions in the same way that, you know, with a validator, you could opt to run a validator out of, you know, a virtual machine out of Germany or something like that. You can do the same thing as, is, yeah. that, is that correct? Yeah, so so what you're able to do at launch, um, I'm going to have to circle back to my dev team to make sure that I'm saying the correct thing, but I'm almost 99% sure I am saying this is true. At launch, uh, you can choose your preferred storage provider. Um, the other two copies of redundancy, you can't choose those, so it's going to be kind of distributed in a decentralized, like geo-distributed manner. Um, so you can kind of have preferred and the reason for that is is if we wanted to start using um, having hospitals for example leveraging jackal storage for a security backup or for a really secure transfer of data um, what, what happens there is we have this unique ability to we could create a subnet where all the it's almost like a partner program where we ensure that all of these storage providers relative to that they have to comply with something called hipaa compliance which is um, it's, it's, it's for healthcare data and it's, it's really, they have, have a pretty high bar there. So we need to ensure that all the storage providers are within like a geographical region, for example, where everything has to stay within the boundaries of Canada or within the boundaries of the United States. So we would have to figure out a way that we could offer like a subnet to, to um, fulfill a need like that. But um, Jackal proper will always be a distributed open source peer-to-peer -peer network. Awesome, great explanation. Um, just a moment ago, you did also mention safety. And so the question I have is just around audits. Uh, do you have any information on who's conducted audits and how many audits have been done? Yeah, so we, we've gotten an audit done by a company called Entersoft. So uh, they, they, they've audited us. Uh, we've also had a pseudo audit done by one of our validators and we're gonna continue to have more audits as we continue to build. Um, always, uh, right now, we probably won't get an audit uh, since we've had kind of like two so far. Um, we're going to get another audit as soon as we have like a significant amount of meaningful code changed. Also, our validators have a code review um, pretty much before every upgrade. We offer all of our validators to come and look at the code to uh, also they can check off their liability and, and ensure that, that the protocol is safe for their stakers. Got it. And I'm just going to acknowledge Kyle. I could see in the chat, Kyle put up a comment just saying, please post this recording somewhere. Kyle, rest assured, all these spaces are recorded by TerraSpaces. You can find a, an entire library of everything that's been happening in crypto, particularly uh, the Cosmos ecosystem, probably over the past year, um, TerraSpaces.org. And that is also available on Spotify as well uh, as, as it is on other uh, streaming platforms so definitely go and check that out it's very helpful for me obviously what i do is i'm speaking to protocols you know usually two a week and uh sometimes i need to get a quick crash course on what they're doing i usually just jump on terra spaces and have a quick listen to a past episode uh, and i can see actually cosmos host was on this call or is on this call and uh, thank you cosmos host for one of your recent spaces with the jackal down because that was uh one of my one of my uh what would you call it yeah it was a crash course in in jackal um 
back to something you said earlier that I thought was interesting and then it sounded like something that you wanted to speak more on. And given that we've got 10 minutes, I'd love to get it covered. Um, you did talk about the secondary data market earlier on. What can we, uh, what can we discuss about the secondary uh, data market? Uh, what does that mean for people that are listening? Yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. And, and I think it's really cool, but I'm also an infrastructure nerd, so I don't know how many other people think this is cool. But at the end of the day, uh, what Jackal provides is your ability to maintain, you get to maintain the value of data. This is something that you can't get with other storage providers because it's not encrypted. They have access, they data farm, and it's very common um, when when you're using other, other systems, right? But uh, what Jackal provides the ability to do, in theory, you get to maintain the, the value of your data and you could also sell your data if you wanted to sell your data. Uh, we can't sell it for you because we don't have control of it. So it's all the power goes back to the end user and it's in their hands or the end corporation or organization that's using Jackal. And the the real big beauty of this is that if you wanted to create a diagonal marketplace where you could give your data to specific use cases, whether it's uh, I want my data to go to um, let's say this scientific uh, study or something along those lines, or I just want to sell it to marketers if I want to do that personally, um, you would have the ability to do so if that was built out in a marketplace setting. Other cool thing is, is that if you want to create a marketplace for not your own personal data that you could continue to collect, but if you wanted to create a marketplace for really big data sets um, where there's something kind of like ocean protocol, um, we, we've spoken briefly with Ocean Protocol and, and different ways we could integrate, and that would be really cool. Um, but the, the beauty of what Jackal is, is you can create paywalls in front of data sets. So imagine we can really break this down to a very simple use case, actually, that we're all used to. Right now, when you go to buy an NFT, for example, um, you don't actually buy the physical JPEG. You buy the rights to the physical JPEG in a smart contract. So on chain somewhere it says, okay, uh, Cosmos Haas has the, the digital license for this um, redacted club NFT, for example, which he's kind of having in his, uh, his profile picture right now. With Jackal, if you integrated Jackal into the, um, the marketplace, the NFT marketplace, and also the end user had a Jackal storage account, when you go to purchase that NFT, you can purchase the rights to the NFT in the contract, but you can also purchase the physical JPEG off the back end of the server, and it can be transferred to the user with read and write permissions. This is cool for NFTs, but um, it gets pretty insane when we start to think about other use cases for something like this, whether it's IP, publishing, movies, uh, newspapers. It, it could be the, the possibilities are endless. Any digital file can have a paywall in front of it. Um, on Jackal, and you can have a permissionless marketplace, uh, which is cool. That is truly transferring digital collectibles or, or digital files, at least. It does sound cool indeed. Can you just for my small brain for a second, just because I'm, I'm, I was clicking through tabs while you were talking, and I was trying to take it in. The, can you offer just like a very you know primary school level, you know, John gives Sally ten apples, Sally sells ten apples for four bucks type of thing. Um, of how, like what this would look like when you're talking about selling the rights uh, to things. What's an example yeah. that could look like? Yeah, so let's say that I have this uh, newsletter, right? So there's uh, Patrick's newsletter where I want to distribute that um, and I want to have a paywall in front of it, right? So what would happen is that you could go to, you could host your own store if it's in the IBC because it could be permissionless in that sense. So I have a store on uh, the Juno marketplace. Uh, I built a marketplace on Juno. I want to sell access to my um, my NFT newspaper, for example, or my just newspaper doesn't have to be an NFT. Um, if Cosmos Haas wants to come along and use and purchase that or gain access to that, um, he can permissionlessly go to this marketplace and he could unlock the permissions to access that digital file. Um, right now, what we have is NFT marketplaces. So um, you right now, if I wanted to sell that and create it as an NFT with token gating, which is the thing that, that exists right now, um, you, you could do that, but the data is, is just sitting on the back end of the NFT marketplace, if that makes sense. So um, the NFT marketplace, uh, right-click saved all your NFTs and it's sitting on their Amazon server right now is, is what I'm trying to get at. 
And uh, with a system like this, you could permissionlessly have a marketplace without any Amazon servers at all. And it can completely be on chain and decentralized through a peer-to-peer network rather than um, use Amazon. I, I don't think I, I successfully did the explain it like my five, <laughs> like I'm five, but I'm trying my best here. It's kind of like a little bit of a complex um, um, thought and, and a complex concept as well. But at the end of the day, what, what I'm trying to say is, is you could truly purchase the rights to the NFT and you would be only the only person in the entire world that has access to that. Um, leveraging ledger technology with uh, cutting edge encryption on the blockchain. Got it. Very cool. Um, one quick question for you before we start kind of winding down earlier, uh, earlier in a call, actually it was on a call with Cosmos host and you briefly alluded to like um, on with this second, I think it was related to this. You were talking about the secondary marketplace. I think like a, essentially like almost shop fronts for entrepreneurs as well to sell products. So in this scenario that you're describing, would it be the case? Oh, that was what it, yeah, I remember what the, the point of this was. It was about them being paid in a token of their choosing. So being able to set up um, the access to a certain, you know, product, the new, whatever it is, the newsletter they're writing, the whatever it is. Um, and then the user has the ability to determine the token it gets paid in. Was that, am I, was I hearing that right or did I just completely get that yeah. wrong? So that's the purpose of us having a DEX on, on the chain, right? So uh, the reason for that is if we have a liquidity pool that is Jackal to Adam and Jackal to um, USDC and Jackal, say Juno as well, or Jackal to Archway or Osmosis, the user in that marketplace could choose what token they want to purchase. And the beauty of that is we could actually put buy pressure on the back end of the system onto the Jackal token afterwards as well, if there's any fees or something on the marketplace. So that, that is totally correct. And w- when we talk about like professional services on chain, um, I don't know if everyone's familiar with like the Fiverr marketplace. It's, it's a successful um, tech startup that do professional services on chain, uh, not on chain, like just professional services you can purchase. Um, someone to build your website or someone to write copy or someone to make an ad for you. Um, and that service is actually delivered in a digital form, usually through email. Um, we could do that completely permissionlessly and take out a middleman completely uh, leveraging Jacko for a use case like that with uh, paywalls in front of the um, the file that is the professional service deliverable, basically. Awesome. Cool. I thought, yeah, I was... I thought I was on the right track. Um, I'm glad to hear that I was, and that yeah. all makes sense now. But that that gives more. Um, that makes more sense as to why uh, the jackal swap is going to be a thing as well. Yeah, um, exactly. It's a, at the end of the day, what what it is is we have a really unique way to maintain privacy and maintain permissions um, mm. around your data and deliver it to other users in a completely decentralized and permissionless way. Do you think there'll be something as well, like uh, just recently I started checking out and playing with, even though it's been around for a while, I've only just used it, but the Skiff protocol, which is like, you know, it gives you the ability to email from wallet addresses and things like that. Is that is that a function that might be available via Jackal in future? Um, yeah, just like, I think my headphones died. Give me a second here. Can you still hear me okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. Skiff protocol, uh, like an email protocol, is, is what you're saying. Could we build that on Jocko? Um, we've flirted with the idea. Well, is that something that you, you know, the, um, the shorter the shorter wallet addresses? So you'll have, you know, the patrick.jkl. Is it possible that you'd be able to send emails, you know, from, from Patrick? Yeah, so so we're playing right now with um, with MX servers. Um, it's on the roadmap to try to see if that's something that we can do that's possible um, in the protocol in its, in its infancy right now. Because we think that it's really important to have, we call it multiplayer mode <laughs> in decentralized protocols where it's just not storage. You can share, you can sign, you can send. Uh, you could also create like email protocols and things like that built on top of the infrastructure. So mail is definitely on, on the roadmap. Um, and you see all kinds of projects that that claim to be decentralized and um i wish it, it was is that easy skiff for example really great like end-to-end encryption is super important um and, and they do a good job of providing that in a great user experience as well um, but at the end of the day what they're doing is, is for the storage of all that information it's a centralized choke point is in fura which is they they use ipfs pinning 
Um, so at, at the end of the day, like, is, is it better than using something like a Gmail from a security standpoint? 100%. Is it completely permissionless where you, you can't, no one can take that away from you? Um, not really with the current tech stack. So we're slowly trying to get there to, to have the ease of use of, of a Web 2 in Web 3. But um, there's, there's some inherent difficulties that we're trying to work through. And I think um, leaps in wallet technology will start to get us to the point where we could use a, uh, like a Jackal mail, for example. Love it. Thank you for that. With us coming to the hour, uh, I just want to check in. Is there anything that you haven't uh, got off your chest, let the people know about that you wanted to let the people know about today? Yeah, well, what we're really excited for is that within the next few weeks, we're going to have storage out. Everyone gets uh, two free gig- uh, free two gigabytes of data storage, so you can come and uh, nerd out a little bit on Jackal, try it out, see if it's something for you. Uh, we're excited for to offer that, first and foremost, for the end users and kind of get those build, measure, learn feedback loops going so we can um, try to make the product better over time. Outside of that... Um, we're just super excited to provide a infrastructure that both protects users, companies, and your data at the end of the day. And, and we think that we think that it's inevitable that, that we get to this point of, of having decentralized protocols used uh, for data storage. And, and we're excited to be pioneering um, the, the next generation of, of this technology. But other than that, um, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I always love Terra Spaces. And uh, maybe we should see if we should get you guys a grant for archiving all these spaces. Your, your data storage bill is probably getting pretty intense pretty soon. Yeah, well, ter- yeah, Terra Spaces is doing a fantastic job. Um, or Finn is in the in the team there, but just to just to clarify for anyone that was wanting to get hold of the two gig of data, the the site currently has that password protected. Is that going to open up? Yeah, that that will soon? open up. Yeah, that that will open up as soon as as uh, file tree and storage go to go to mainnet. So you'll just stay stay tuned to the Jackal Twitter or in the Jackal Discord. As soon as everything's up and running and the dashboard's ready to go, um, you'll be able to access it. There, there won't be a password. Right now, that's just, um, even if you had the password, we, we took it offline until storage and file tree get on mainnet. So um, when that happens, stay tuned and uh, we'll, we'll let everyone know that it's ready to go. That's fantastic. So everyone that's listened today, I appreciate you tuning in, uh, giving us your ears as we uh, explain some of the things that are being built at the moment. And look, big props to you guys uh, being builders in a bear market and you you really get to stick around. You really get to see who's uh, got the kahunas and who's sticking around uh, at this point in time. So, you know, I tip my hat off to you and I appreciate your your time, energy and expertise. Uh, Definitely look forward to having more of these conversations in future. And of course, if you're listening and you enjoyed the space, please feel free to share it. If you've got some suggestions for who you'd like to hear on a an OC Twitter space, I'm certainly happy to hear them. Just shoot them through to us via DM um, or drop in a comment below. Other than that, uh, I wish you all a fantastic day and uh, looking forward to Jackal Protocol going live in the next two weeks. So until then, look up yourselves and be excellent, all right? Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Jackal Protocol AMA update space hosted by Dr. Doscoin with Orbital Command. Recorded on Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Well, we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two, help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. In a 
a little den envisioning the middlemen listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next no one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol but it didn't matter we was all hyped up when the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill watched in the daytime till the night curfew rats in a cage till they make time to murky got a little job that falls under my purview we gotta get this mob away from the birds view gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror Spaces